Blog Talk Radio. country rap with Christian rap, kind of like Rare Breed does and kind of like uh, Whosoever South. Uh, so those are some good Christian groups that I highly suggest listening to. <clears throat> and if you want to listen to some good Christian music, uh, give a shout-out to Quake, all I see, Praise News, or Music is Therapy, the radio station that I help volunteer with. We play underground Christian rap music and Christian rock music. So give us a listen. Look us up online. We've got a website and a Facebook and an online radio. <clears throat> We've got a great show for you today. Uh, we got Johnny Robinson, my friend Johnny Robinson, owner of Johnny's Barbecue over there in Talladega, uh, called in. And then we've got Miss Donald Parker of Hattiesburg Speedway, called in, the owner of Hattiesburg Speedway. I talked to Mr. Donald today. And so <clears throat> Johnny uh, sets up his barbecue catering trailer at Talladega Short Track, the Hornet's Nest over there in Talladega, Alabama. He sets up there every weekend, sells barbecue. And then when he's not there, he sets up at uh, other events and venues selling barbecue. So if you're up that way, going to the Hornet's Nest, Talladega Short Track, or the big racetrack. Stop by Johnny's Barbecue. Uh, get you some good barbecue. Tell him Jared sent you. Really good, good guy, man. Really good friend of mine. And uh, he's always been good to me ever since I've known him. I've only known him a few years and been real good to me. So got him called in to talk. Kind of a short track, the Hornet's Nest, the safety, and, of course, his barbecue business. And then talk Miss Donald Parker, Hattiesburg Speedway. <clears throat> and who knows, maybe we can get Robbie to call in. Um... Well, we got a great show for you. I'm excited. Um, this weekend, um, I'm probably going to be at Tri-County Speedway filming the races for Southern Dirt Track Report. Uh, my buddy Jamie Mazingo is taking his 602 late model uh, 
uh, to Deep South Speedway to race. So if I don't end up at Tri-County, I'll probably be at Deep South. But uh, i got to go meet up with LaVon, my buddy LaVon, and um, my buddy Willie. And I want to try Willie's restaurant. Willie's got a barbecue restaurant over in Central Florida, right across the um, border from Plummerton. So i got to go try out uh, Cam's Barbecue. You can look them up on Facebook, Cam's Barbecue. So I've been telling them that I'm going to try their barbecue. I'm going to come down there. LaVon works with Willie. It's a small world. I didn't know they were... I didn't know they were friends because, you know, I've known Willie for a little while. I've known LaVon for several years since college in 2005, 2004. Yeah, 2004 is when I met LaVon. And so me and LaVon have been good friends for many, many years. <clears throat> so we're going to go. And then Willie's going to get him a bomber car. He's trying to get him a bomber car uh, so he can race Tri-County Speedway because he's not that far from there. And that would be awesome if Willie got a bomber car, especially if he got one done before the end of the season could make at least one race but i know for a fact next year he should be ready he's just trying to find him a good car for the class and so i want to talk safety race safety fuel arrester in my opinion it's the number one fuel safety device on the market um i have seen fuel cells that have the um <clears throat> that have the gel in it <clears throat> and those work but the problem with that is is that gel makes a huge, huge mess, and you have a huge mess to clean up. And so <clears throat> with our fuel arrester, it mounts on the exterior of your fuel cell, and what it does, if, it, if you're getting an accident and it takes damage in any way, uh, your fuel cell gets ruptured in any way, this will soak up race fuel. Now... It will not soak up all of your race fuel, but it will soak up enough to give you time to get out of the car because it takes a minute to get unbuckled, give you time to get unstrapped, get your steering wheel off, all that, so you can get out of the car. Time to escape, you know, less time for a fuel fire to happen in your race car. Let us help you prevent fuel fires from happening. I've got dozens of stories, dozens of videos on our Facebook you can scroll through, and then somebody say, oh, well, that's not that's not a... That's not a fuel fire. I don't care. We make a fuel arrester to fit all kinds of applications. We don't make them just for fuel cells, although that's our main seller, our main one. But we also make them for the fuel pump. We make them for your battery. Um, I've seen batteries explode. I watched one deep south speedway explode this year. Uh, Mr. Kevin Saucier's battery exploded in a big fireball at deep south speedway. So we make one to cover your battery. Um, keep in case your battery explodes. You don't want to get acid all over you. And then, of course, we make fuel line wrap um, sleeve that goes around your fuel line. You just let us know what size. Goes all the way down your fuel line to the end of the uh, to the front of the car. And we can make it as long as you want, <clears throat> whatever size. And so, and then, of course, make it for anything. Go karts. Uh, drag racing cars because the fuel cell is usually like a three and a half gallon or something in front of the uh, drag car. Uh, we make them for junior slingshots, mini light models, you name it, we can make it. There's no such thing as two wide ball size. You know, our standard one that we make goes from 16 to 22 gallons and it's 399 
and somebody may look at that and say, oh, that's too expensive or whatever, you know, excuse they'll come up with. I might look, if somebody can spend $400 on a vamp neck brace, surely they can spend that much on something that will keep them from getting burned at a fuel fire. Fuel fires are scary. And to me, it's stupid to skip on safety. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're my, my, my best friend, whatever. If you skip on safety, I'm going to call it stupid because I'm – Call me the safety Nazi. Call me, I don't know, whatever you want to call me. I'm, I'm a safety dude. I'm going to push safety. If you get hurt and I told you about something that could save your life, don't come to me because the first thing I'll hear, though, Jared was right. Yeah, I was right. And, uh, you know, so don't don't skip on safety. Don't cut corners. Wear gloves. You know, of course, you got the lame excuse. I can't pull my tear off <laughs> Man, you can you can find ways to pull your tear off. Just ask, like I said the other week, ask Mr. Tim Sullivan. He can tell you how. You can fold them tear offs good enough where you can take them gloves and pull the tear offs. That's just an excuse. Your hands get burnt, don't come to me. Oh, I told you, wear gloves. You know, there's so many safety things I can tell you. But the fuel arrester, I love this fuel arrester, man. It's made in the USA, no Chinese garbage. Y'all know me, I hate anything made in China. I will not buy it if it's made in China. Nothing quality comes from China, especially race parts. You don't want to buy cheap race parts for your race car just to get by. You want quality race parts, in my opinion. And and you can get quality without spending a ton, a ton of money because I know racing ain't cheap. So um, there's so many different ways. And, of course, uh, the fuel arrester, for instance, you can take um, – Say you come to me and you say you got a 22-gallon fuel cell, it's like a Jazz or one of the name brands or even an off-brand, doesn't matter. But if it's shaped different, say, oh, it's a teardrop or it's it's more of a rectangle or so-and-so, it's not square, that's fine. You give us the dimensions and we'll have one made for you. And also something to think about, too, on that aspect is if it's a brand, if it's got a brand name, stamped whoever built it if it's stamped on there a lot of times these like say jazz for instance jazz i've looked at their website they post their dimensions of their fuel cells on the website that they make so that helps us out a lot too because we got to get the exact size for it to fit your car because you know you got your, your straps that hold your tank in they're going to be real tight and the fuel arrestor don't weigh nothing it's made of nice grade material of course, you got your pig mat on the inside, you know, soaks up race fuel only, will not soak up water. You can wash your race car, will not hurt it, dirt track car, will not hurt it. Because trust me, the one, the asphalt super late model one that I've been showing out for display at the racetrack, I'm getting it dirty, so what I do is I take my bug cleaner and spray my bug cleaner on the top of it and then wash it off. And it don't hurt it, it will not soak it up. And it's like anything in racing, it'll still take damage. It's not it's not foolproof like anything, but it, it's a step that'll help you keep from getting burned in a fuel fire. Um, there's so many videos, but anyways, oh, we'll get ready for our guest here. So let's go ahead and get Mr. Johnny Robinson in here. Hello, is this Johnny? Hey, how are you, Sir Jared? Man, how you doing, my friend? What's going on with you? Oh, just uh, been doing some barbecuing and uh, 
it's September, so <clears throat> getting ready for my yearly health inspection and getting ready to go buy all my city licenses and things like that. <clears throat> Plus, uh, got two big nights at Talladega next week at, at the dirt track. Got the Super Spare both nights for Red Farmer Tribute, so uh, it's race weekend at the big track. So Talladega always runs Friday and Saturday, and uh, going to be some good racing. Man, that's awesome. So tell everybody about your barbecue business and what you sell, what you make. <clears throat> well, I got a 30-foot concession trailer that's got a smoker on the back, and we do butts, ribs, uh uh, we do sandwiches, plates, and all our sides, homemade potato salad, baked beans, coleslaw, mac and cheese, potato <clears throat> salad. We do roasted corn on the cob. Uh, we do barbecue nachos. Uh, in the wintertime, we do, uh, I cook a big old pot of chili on the smoker and a pound of cornbread on the smoker and we have about 40 things, hot dogs, corn dogs, uh, chicken sandwiches, Philly cheese, uh, uh, just just whatever in uh, a smoked bologna burger that goes over real well. Uh, we put tomato and lettuce on it and load it up, and that goes over real well. And uh, we do the roasted corn on the smoker, and we do the Mexican street corn where we doctor it up, and Ooh. that goes over well. So, uh, and if uh, vents are big enough, like the ice bowl, we'll, we do breakfast. So, it may not be exactly what somebody wants, but we can keep somebody from going hungry. <laughs> wow. Well, let me ask you this Does it taste so good and make you want to slap your whole family and your cousins? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's, that's what we shoot for. Every, everything we do is homemade. I make my own uh, sauce on the smoker, and uh, well, every, every, everything is homemade. I'm uh, I'm the main one. My daughter helps me. She's my right hand, and uh, my wife helps me. But basically, we just a small family operation, and. Uh, Good Lord bless me. I've got a lot of good customers, and I've been able to line up a lot of good events and uh, really enjoy what I'm doing and then enjoy it when people like my food. Well, that's great. Well, the next time I'm up that way, I don't know when it'll be, the next time I'm up, up that way, I advise everybody in the pits of the racetrack to watch out because I'm going to go slap happy and slap a lot of people. <laughs> Well, you always welcome, buddy. You come on and I'll fix you up. Uh, if, uh, so, so, so you set up, uh, you set up in the pits at Talladega Short Track, the Hornet's Nest. So tell everybody yes, about sir. the Hornet's Nest. Well, it's a high bank, one third mile clay oval. It's directly across from uh, Alabama International Speedway, and uh, it's been in. It's been a dirt track since 1978, I believe. Before that, it was a flat track motorcycle track, and I raced motorcycles wow. on it in '74. So How it's cool been is around. That? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's been around a while, and uh, uh, in April race weekend, we had the World Outlaws up, 
and they put on Ooh. a great show. Yeah, at fifty thousand to win. And wow. uh, that's the super late. That's the Super Lakes. The Super Lakes will be in action both nights next week, along with the Red Farmer Tribute. 92-year-old, he's running crate now, and uh, uh, it's uh, and Jerry Goodwin uh, challenge will be next week. So any of y'all down that way that's coming up to the big race next week, uh, come on in the pits. It's usually... Uh, a NASCAR driver or two that makes an appearance uh, over there. And it's two fun nights of racing. I mean, it's uh, a lot of people say that they they go to the big track, but to watch good racing, they come to the dirt track at Friday and Saturday night. It's, uh, it's always some good racing. And usually uh, with all the divisions, you'll usually have – a minimum of 200 race cars. Wow. Okay. Well, I, I tell you what, I've been to the Ice Bowl up there two, two or three years, and t- I tell you, that's a mighty fine racetrack. Because I've been to Talladega Super Speedway. I'm a big NASCAR fan. I've been watching NASCAR since Moby Dick was a sardine. And, uh, <laughs> and so, like, I've always been to the big NASCAR track. And then finally I went to Talladega Short Track. And that was fun. I love watching those antique GMC and Chevrolet tow trucks. They got like three of them because I'm a big classic car fan, especially Chevrolet trucks. Yep. And I, I see these. I'm like, man, these are some cool antique trucks. They tow in the cars. And you, you're talking about a lot of cars up there, and that is a super fast racetrack, mighty fine racetrack. And I believe um, Mr. Stewart that owns Crate Racing USA is now the owner of the track. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Uh, he is a partner in with uh, gen- one of the gentlemen from Hoosier Tires. And talking about Feist, uh, I'm glad you brought that up, uh, Jared. Before the season started this year, they tore the track up and put new clay down. And it Ooh. is faster than it ever was. Yes, I mean, it's two and three groove racing. I mean, they... Uh, I, they they run that high groove. He's put a wall around one and two. Adam Adam is uh he's come in there and he's really really done a lot, done a lot of improvements. He's had it a couple of years and uh built a new restroom and he's cleaned the fence off and put a big sign up by the interstate where people from the interstate can see racing and maybe decide they'll go down and get off the exit and come on up and uh. A lot of a track, and he has a lot more plans. And uh, oh, Adam, he's uh, I don't really know how he does what he does, traveling all over the country with the crates, and then running that and getting it done. But uh, I don't know oh, either. Oh, oh, boy. Like, I... oh boy's jumped in there, and he's he's really done a lot of improvements. And uh, Talking to him, he's got a lot more he wants to make, so it's going to be fun to sit back and see what that little uh, that's little dirt track turns into. That's awesome because I met Adam Stewart. I met him at Tri County Speedway one year when Crate Racing USA had the Touring Series come in to Tri County. It may have been last year, and I met him, introduced myself, and said, "Hey, my name is Jared. I work for Southern Dirt Track Report." and He's a mighty fine fella. He seemed like a real nice guy. I don't know him 
super well, but at the time, I think I've met him once or twice, and he's just been super nice to me, and, well, thank you for coming, and that kind of thing, you know. I, I like yeah, to hear that yeah. kind of stuff when I go to a racetrack. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, he, he's got a full plate, but I'm going to tell you, he's he's made a world of improvements, and uh, <clears throat> from what I hear, more's on the way and everything, and uh, I know a lot of the racers is really, really bragged on the track with the new clay, doing free groove, and uh, a lot of them is running, is running high, and they brushing that wall in one and two, and it's uh it's producing some good racing, and them super lates come in next week. Uh, I, I believe it's a Hunt the Front series, and it's some big oh, yeah. money up on the line, and uh. So it's uh people can get entertained, they can eat good, they can have a good night of entertainment and uh uh if they stay in anywhere close by they won't have you know, far to travel if they if they traveling up, but uh if they do come, I encourage them to come in the pits. It's no telling who'll be there. Uh be souvenir trailer set up to buy T shirts and walk around, get autographs, take some pictures. Oh, and you know, uh, Jared, you being there, the backstretch of Talladega has a gigantic uh, uh, grandstand, and you can sit up yes. there and see everything super good. So, you know, you can get there early, mix, mingle, eat, shop, and then get up there and rear back and have a good night at the racetrack. So have y'all broken any track records since they put the new clay on? I don't think so. I think it's come close, but uh, don't hold me to that. Uh, I know Jason well, Hyatt did have a track record, and I don't know if it got broke uh, when the World Outlaws was here or not. I don't think so. And we had wow. the World Outlaws sprint cars in March also. So, Ooh. They Man, they were, let me tell you. My dream race of races was to watch the World of Outlaw Sprint Cars, and I finally got to see them. I've been going to races for years, and I started dirt track racing in 2015. And I finally, finally, finally got to see the World of Outlaw Sprint Cars. I saw them at Magnolia Motor Speedway earlier this yep. year when I went with, I went up there to Miss Teresa and David Little uh, uh, doing fuel arrestor stuff, because they ordered a fuel arrestor from us. And so, because Mr. David drives the B-Mod class up there, so shout out to David Little, and then, of course, Teresa's brother races also, so they're teammates at CKC Racing, I believe is the name. So go watch them race at Magnolia. But, like, when I saw them World of Outlaws sprint cars, man, that was cool. Like, I saw Rico in the pits, going around the pits, and I saw Brad Sweet, and I spoke to Casey Kane briefly. But, right. But, Ideally, when you want to speak to these guys, is like before the races, before they're zoned in. I could tell Casey Kane was zoned in, but he did say, "Hey, how you doing?" So that was neat. And so I was like, "Oh, I just met Casey Kane, a former NASCAR driver." And so, anyways, I watched them, and they broke the track record at Magnolia that night, and I was blown away at how fast their motor scooters were going. They were scant back, son. I, and, and they say them 410 sprint cars that go 120 plus, or I mean close to 140. I believe it. 
Yep. Uh, now we had them before uh, uh, tens. We had them uh, Labor Day weekend on Sunday night, and uh, oh, I was up man. there and I was set up. I met some drivers, but I was there and I was set up selling, and I didn't even get to walk up to the track and see anything. I heard them, but I, you know, being uh-huh. with the trailer, I didn't get to see. But uh, had a super good crowd that night, and a lot of a sprinter spot come uh, showed up and. Uh, Everyone said they put on a doggone good show, too. But uh, I can just imagine you seen them at a good place because old Johnny Stokes, Dr. Dirt, knows how to prep a track and the black ice down there. I imagine that they was a wild bunch of bumblebees out there. Yes, he does. He is a, he, and, and Johnny Stokes is a mighty fine fellow, too, because I, yes, I, I had a long discussion with him about the fuel arrestor at Wynot. And then and then I uh, sent him the information on the field arrestor, so hopefully he'll get to look at that and you know maybe hit me up about something about it. But yeah, that he's he's cool to talk to. He's the reason why they call him Doctor Dirt because he knows dirt. He's the best dirt man there is. Absolutely, he can uh, he can look at dirt, look at a track, and know what it needs and. He can look around and see what he's got available, and he can make a track that's junk and rutted. He he can make it raceable with just 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 knowledge and experience, I guess. But uh, you right, he's a good guy. He's a good promoter. Uh, they know you as another track we're fortunate in the south to have, but it's a first class uh, venue and uh. We're very fortunate in the South to have a lot of tracks, and I encourage everyone to come out every chance they get, support their local tracks. They need it. This economy is not the best in the world, and uh, everything everything is going up, insurance on tracks, power bills, labor, and everything, and uh, the tracks need our help. And uh, if we enjoy it, they got to have a place to run, and we got to support them. And the more we support them, the more they can put back in the track and their place, and the more they can give the drivers, and the more you give the drivers, the more race cars you're going to have. So, oh, uh, that's right. I, I, I like to say you ever track, talk about good, uh, a good crowd in the stands and a good car count. So, I, my. The first place I ever remember going in my life was to a racetrack, and my dad holding me on the shoulder so I could see. And I oh, loved racing my whole, yep, my whole life. So uh, it's something I want to see keep going and keep going and wanting people to fill them stands up. Awesome. And something else, it's, of course, it's getting to be football season. I'm not a big fan of football. I used to watch it, and I, I watch Roll Tide Alabama every now and then. But in my opinion, dirt track racing is better. Go support your dirt tracks because they struggle during football season. A lot of them, they don't make a lot of money, and we want to keep yes. these tracks open. And I mean, to me, dirt track racing will always be any racing period. You can you can race, put a donkey and a buggy on it, and I'll still find it better in football as long as it's racing and giddy up and go. You know, I, I don't I don't know. I just it just cars slinging mud and dirt is so much better than watching dudes tackle each other. That's just my opinion. Oh, 
<laughs> my my wife said my wife she was talking about people loving racing, and she pointed to me and says that husband of mine said I believe he would crawl on his hands and knees three miles to a a, a dive to watch two cockroaches race around the bar stool. <laughs> and that's, a, that's a, she said that's how good he loves it says if it, if it's on television, says he watches boat racing. He watches, says if it goes in a circle, he'll watch it. And that's that's pretty well described to me. That's but, awesome. Uh, yep. Uh, they do struggle in football season. Uh, not only you got Bama and them playing, but you've got a lot of Little League games and Pee Wee football and what have you. So, but, yep. but try it. it Especially, they need our help all the time. But if we want racing to go on longer into the year, we need to support it because if no one's in the stands, then they're going to pretty much cut it off when football starts. And a bunch of us old racing folks, uh, my idea of a great night is to leave early and stop and eat somewhere and go to the track and meander around and then get a place, watch it, and then stop at the Waffle House on the way in. My idea of a great night. But, there you go. Uh, That's awesome. So you got uh, – so I'm fixing to get with uh, – so Donald Parker is next. You got anything else final you want to say or uh, anybody you want to thank? Oh, uh, I, I would like to thank you for having me on, and I like our uh, – Really enjoyed meeting you and like talking to you with friends on Facebook, and I think you have a great product out. And uh, well, I'm you. all with you about safety. Uh, <clears throat> I, 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 anyone racing, I would encourage them. First thing you do is put your money in safety gear, and then worry about the speed. But don't, exactly. guys, don't 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 skip on safety, and that goes from the Helmet down too. If you've got a thirty dollar head, buy you a thirty dollar helmet. But if you've got a high dollar head, get you a good helmet. And save right. for the fire suit, the gloves, and uh, I've had some friends that's been burnt. And folks, all y'all in racing, it's not a pretty sight. <clears throat> and as Sparkle, as Jared Scott out, it's a mm. good thing, American made, and. That thing ever blows up, or you ever upside down, and it starts leaking fuel or what have you, you'll go thank old Jared and say that was that was pennies. That, that thing cost pennies what it was worth. So that's right. Uh, but uh, and I you thank know, all my co- it, <clears throat> go ahead, buddy. I'm sorry. No, no, that's all right. So, so you're thanking your customers? Oh yeah, I always appreciate all my customers. Uh. Everywhere I go, I've, I've, I've known them by repeat and know a world of them by name, and I appreciate it, and uh, I appreciate their business. I appreciate their friendship, and a lot of times they come by early. We'll stand around, and I've got time to chat a minute, and I don't see them nowhere else but at the racetrack. And like next weekend, I've got ones I see twice a year from out of state. But they come, mm-hmm. some race, come, some come to watch, but they make the trip. And I'm looking forward to that, to seeing 
some old friends, and that'll be it. And we wish you in uh, September, October, we uh, before we part, we say Happy Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas, and a lot of them will say I'll see you for the Ice Bowl, and others say I'll see you in April. But like I say, I love what I do. I met a lot of great people, and just like right here, you one of them, and uh. Thank you. a lot of places, and uh, I'm going to keep, I'm, I'm 65, but I'm going to keep going as long as the good Lord will let me. Well, that's great. Well, thank you for calling in. All right, Jared. Thank you, buddy. Thank you for what you do for the sport, and uh, you've got a week to figure out how to come up and spend the weekend with me next weekend. That's right. All right, well, thank you. All right, so now we got... All right, thank you, Mr. Johnny. That was cool. That was Johnny Robinson, Johnny's Barbecue. So let me, uh, let's see, give him a clap. Got the little clapper button. So now we got Donald Parker, Hattiesburg Speedway on. How you doing, Mr. Donald? Doing good, Jared. How are you? Man, I'm doing dang near skippy. I mean, I, I'm happier than a fat kid at a buffet line on Valentine's Day. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> I, hey, look. I enjoyed the conversation, Mr. Johnny. Hey, pretty interesting. Yeah, he he's a really good guy. So if anybody's ever up in Talladega, they need to go by Johnny's Barbecue and get some barbecue at the racetrack. And then he sets up at other events, too. But usually every Saturday is when he's at the racetrack <laughs> up there. Yeah, that's that pretty good yeah, he's a he's a uh, one of them old school racers, and I like how he his thing on safety and something pretty cool to talk about. So we had this conversation earlier today. Is so last weekend y'all had the Dixie 50 at Hattiesburg Speedway, and so I kept seeing posts on Facebook saying on Hattiesburg Speedway's Facebook saying, "Well, we got a mystery driver. He's gonna come out of retirement to race." I was like, man, this is kind of neat. I wonder who it is because I like these old school drivers. Because I'm a huge fan of these old school drivers. That's like NASCAR. I think Michael Waltrip retired too early. So that's just my opinion. So, but, and then I kept seeing it. And then, um, and I went to Deep South Speedway. But then I seen on Facebook where Ernie posted that it was Donald Parker that was the, the driver uh, that come out of retirement. And when I heard how much fun you had, when you told me how much fun you had, that was so cool. Like, I, when you said you almost had third, man, I wish you could have got third. That would have been awesome or won the race. Yeah, that would have been like a win for me, you know. But on, I got I got, I lost third on the last two laps, and we settled for fourth. But that, that, was, that was a good finish for us. I think we we started twenty two cars, but I think we we had thirty six maybe cars qualified for the race, and uh, that was a pretty good run for us. Wow, that is awesome because cause, you know you've been in racing a long, long time, and and Ron Southern was telling me today how you have several wins under your belt. How many wins do you have under your belt? <laughs> Uh, man, I don't have a clue. I'm not big on stats, but uh, quite a few. Um, quite a That's few. That's cool. 
and reminds me of uh, reminds me of the hippie Ricky Item, a lot of whims. Yeah, he's got a lot. Uh, and last I heard, I think, he had close he had close to nine hundred, didn't he? Yeah, he should be around that mark by now. If it's been several years ago, he was up to eight hundred. Wow. Man, that's You know, a lot of people said there ain't no way, but they document everything. It's all documented. Man, that's awesome. I've I've only met yeah. him one time. He won at Deep South Speedway one night. He came up there in the street shot and he waxed the field. When I say waxed the field, he it was unbelievable. He come in Victory Lane. I remember getting his Victory Lane photos and talked with him for just a brief moment. But that was cool. And but he races at Hattiesburg still, don't he? Yes, sir. And I, I think it just come out today that he locked in the uh, Street Stock National Championship for this year for crate racing. Wow, that's awesome. That's a big deal. Yeah, that'll be his third national championship for the street stock series. Wow, that's pretty cool. So yes, he, because um, they're going to have that at Why Not. I did see that Why Not was going to be the host track this year. Mm, I'm host for what now? I'm not following you. Oh, oh, for the street stock world championship. No, I'm talking about uh, the Crate Racing Series. He's a national champion for the series this year. Oh, for the series. Okay, okay. I was thinking yeah. of the world championship race. Okay. No, the points will be over by then. Okay, that's cool. I think, I think we've got two more weeks, I think, of the points. Well, I tell you what, just to win the points in, in Crate Racing Series, that's a Really big deal because I know Hayden Moran won it one year. If he didn't, or it was second. I can't remember which one he finished with. Yes, sir. Uh, but you know, a lot of people gives Ricky a hard time. He don't travel here. He don't travel there to race. But he don't have nothing to prove to nobody. He's done it, done it all, and he's happy racing just weekly racing here at home. And he don't have nothing to prove to nobody. Well, you know, he reminds me of you. Like, in other words, you're also good at dirt track racing. You can win a race backwards blindfolded. <laughs> yes. That's and I bad. would pay to see that, too. <laughs> I would pay to see you yeah. win a race backwards blindfolded. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, me and Ricky's run a lot of good races together ourselves in past years. Um, wow. You know, yep. So how long have you been right. racing? I didn't start racing until I got out of high school. And back then, <clears throat> you didn't start racing until you got out of school and started working and paid your own debt, you know. But now kids are starting to race right out of kindergarten. And uh, oh wow! For the most, for the most part, the daddies and grandpas is paying the bill, but. When I started racing, I was considered a young young guy. Hell, I was done out of high school working myself, and my daddy told me, he said, if you want to race, 
you're going to pay for it yourself. And that's what I done. My first car, I paid for everything by myself. And he said, I'll help oh, wow, you, but cool. you pay for it. But, uh, but I started <clears throat> myself racing in uh, 19. Wow, okay. But, 1984, that's cool. Yes, sir. So but how long have you been going to race Speedway? Oh, you said you've been uh, going to races how long? Ever since I was born. <clears throat> I was born basically in the racing and my grandpa raced, my daddy raced and then you know, I was born and went straight to the racetrack and from right out of the you know, since I've been in diapers I've been at a racetrack. Wow, that's cool. So, uh, Harrisburg's been open how many years? Uh, it opened in 78. That's cool. So, you've been uh, an owner for how many years? This is our 10th year. Oh, that's cool. Yes, sir. And it don't seem like it's been that long, but yet it seems like it's been an eternity. Yeah. So, of course, you got your brother Ernie's the flag man, and you got Ron Southern the announcer, and y'all got y'all got a pretty good team up there. Yes, sir. And I got my other younger brother. He's been helping me tech some this year, and that's took a big load off of me because last year, uh, you know. After I get the, all the track prepped and everything, then I would move right along down to the tech area, and I'd take the rest of the night, and it just it just was wearing me thin. And I do tech sometimes now when he can't make it, but it, it sure helps a lot when he comes up there and takes that load off of me. Wow, that's great. Um, so tell us about the Dixie 50 and who finished where. As far as your winners go, uh, well, Friday night we did something <clears throat> that was kind of unique. It was uh, a guy we did the memorial for for this weekend's race, uh, Mitchell Williams. He's a former racer I used to race with years ago, and we, he was a tough competitor as well. Uh, Friday night we did a practice, open practice with the uh, Pierce Street cars. That's what we did our Dixie 50 in, our Pierce Street slash factory stock cars. And I got with some friends of myself and former racers that used to race with this guy, Mitchell, and friends of Mitchell, and we all put up some money. And we offered a $1,600 to the car that set the fastest fastest lap of the night. That was didn't wow. have to take and can't tear the car up, didn't have to race. All you had to do was get out there and cut a fast lap. And uh, <clears throat> I think we had 18 cars, I think, showed up for that, which I expected more, you know, paying that kind of money just to make a fast lap. But we had what yeah. we had. And uh, I think out of the amount of cars, I think I was eighth overall, something like that. Which wasn't bad, being that first time I'd been in the car. So we roll on over to Saturday night, and uh, we requalified all the cars. And the same guy that, that set fast time Friday night, which was Jeremy Eaton, 
So he got that $1,600. Greg Williams at Fast Time, which was the son of of Mitchell uh, Mitchell Williams' son, he set Fast Time Saturday night, and he run a Fast Dash race for the top six. But uh, I forget who, uh, Jeremy Eaton, I think, started on the pole. And uh, Sam Maxey, I think, started on outside front row. But we had a good race anyway. And uh, Jeremy Eaton pulled off the win, <clears throat> led every, every lap, got all the lap money. We had 50 laps of all the laps were sponsored. Some of them had multiple sponsors put up lap money. Some laps were paid more money than others. It was $25 a lap, and some laps had up to four or five different people put money up on that one lap. Plus, we paid halfway money. We paid for lap 22. We paid $222 for lap 22 because that was Mitchell Williams's number was number <clears throat> 22. So lap 22, we paid $222 on lap 22. Plus, we paid. Wow. So anyway, wow. Jeremy Eaton totaled of five thousand dollars worth of earnings Saturday night. Ooh. That was a pretty good payday what, for him, don't you think? Oh man, that's a darn good payday, and I've seen him race many a times, and that's that's pretty cool to see him take home that that big that big win like that because that race means a lot to a lot of people. Well, yeah, and I, I made a trophy this year to give away, and had every every everybody's name on it. Past winners of the past Dixie Fifties, and you had names like that: Rocket Man, Richie Stevens, Calvin Cook, Jason Jackson, Ricky Item, uh, who, David Williamson. Uh, That's some big names. Yeah, you, you got some stout names. You got Jim Francis on there. Ooh, the uh, professor. Now you'll have Jeremy Eaton added to that list, and I swear I think I'm forgetting somebody. Um, but <clears throat> that's some strong names on on that on that trophy. Well, maybe next year you can win it because that's who I'll be pulling for is you to win it. Man. This this deal with me coming up and running this race was very very short notice. Uh, I think we finally finalized it on a Thursday, and uh, Jim French is whose car I drove, and I sure thank him a lot for allowing me to drive it. He delivered the car to the racetrack Friday about lunchtime <clears throat> while I was working the track. Uh, I never set foot in it until I got ready to hot lap it. And up until that time, nobody knew I was driving the car but me and him and my wife. And uh, Jeremy Eaton and them was parked right beside it. They didn't even know I was driving it until I come and sat in the seat of it and cranked it up. Wow. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> but I had to sit on a... You know, everybody else has got these fancy... Uh, full containment seats and everything and I was sitting in a a, a, a 
basically a big recliner, you know, because Jim's a lot bigger fella than I am. But it ain't a full uh-huh. containment seat. But anyway, I, I, I sat on a I sat on a, a mud plug and then put a, a pillar out of a out of a recliner chair behind my back just so I could reach uh-huh. the pedals. And uh, when I first sat, when I first sat in it, I couldn't even see over the dash. But, <laughs> wow! But, but that was that's what I raced fifty laps on, sitting on a uh, uh, a mud plug with a pillow behind my back. <laughs> <laughs> that is rated R for redneck right there. <laughs> you darn right. Hey, I like <laughs> I like it. I think it's cool. So and I'm and I'm sure you're like floating on cloud as soft as those things are. <laughs> yeah, yep. And uh I think I had eight eight fastest Saturday night, which put me on the outside front row of the second heat and I won that and led every lap. And that, wow, that was that's pretty awesome. cool. That yep. is cool. 'Cause 'cause you hadn't raced in how many years? Well, I tried to drive a car up at the Fall Classic in 2017, and I just gave out. Um, I made the show. I think there was 55 cars up there that night. I fought the car, fought the car all night long. It was just an ill-handling car. I finally made the show, but during the middle of the race, I just got so tired and out of breath. I just couldn't hang on to the steering wheel no more. I wound up finishing the race, but... But it's all I could do to finish. But since then, I discovered I had to have open heart surgery and got on a bunch of medication. I've uh, had tooth catheterization since then and had overhaul. So I was concerned about that this past weekend, but I never got out of breath, never got tired. I felt like my old self. That's great. So, but so are you thinking about racing some more? I'm not going to commit to nothing. <laughs> so you said prior uh, to 2017? I, I hadn't raced anything since I opened the racetrack, which was a minimum of 10 years, and then I didn't race for several years before then. My son had started racing, and I was helping him. But as far as a stock car... The last time I'd raced a stock car was 1995. Uh, oh, okay. Since, since 1995, I'd raced modifieds and and uh, late model style cars. So, other night, other than 2017 up at the Fall Classic, which I don't even classify that as a race myself, but um, it's been 1995 since I drove a car like that. Wow, that's been a, that's been a minute. So it was like um, the old saying, "An elephant never forgets." Well, you never forgot how to drive a race car. No, sir. I mean, I I felt pretty pretty confident in myself after I got out there and started making some laps. But I finished <clears throat> where I was capable of finishing. You know, I, it took the right situation for me to finish any higher. But I had myself in position. But the guys in front of me, they they had the line I needed. Nobody messed up. 
And that's the way I raced my whole career. You know, I settled for what I was, what I was comfortable to racing, and didn't take outside chances to tear up myself up or somebody else. Well, that's cool. Um, well, that's great because so you you taught uh, you taught those young bucks a thing or two about racing. You showed them that the old timers. The veterans can still do it. I would hope they noticed. Uh, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. There's more talent in the grandstands today's time than they are on the racetrack, and I firmly believe that. Yeah. Because, you know, yes. so many, so many guys... I don't care how old you are, you can still do it as long as you ain't got no super major health problems. Because look at, like Johnny Robinson was talking about, the Red Farmer tribute. Red Farmer's mm-hmm. 92 years old and still run a crate racing USA light model. Ain't that crazy? <laughs> yes, that's that. I mean, I, I'm going to eventually get me a race car. I done decided. And it's going, I'm going to make sure and have a fuel arrestor in there. That, be, that way it'll be the be the main spokes car, whatever you want to call it, for the fuel restroom, show it off and uh, start with the stinger, of course. But, like, uh, looking at Red Farmer, you know, 92 years old and still racing, I just hope I can remember my name at 92 years old, much less drive a late model. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, and, and prior to me getting a racetrack, I forget, I think it was around... 07, maybe 08 time frame. I was going to try to get in a sprint car race, and I bought me a sprint car. This is back when the Cajun Sprinters were still running. And uh, mm-hmm. I never did get my car going. But anyway, my, my wife's brothers both had sprint cars, and I drove their cars a couple times. And, you know, in my opinion, that's probably the easiest race car I've ever drove in my life. It's I less physical. Cars. Yes, sir. The, the sprint car to me is less physical than any other car I've ever drove. It's more mental than it is physical. I believe it. And, you know, like I helped my buddy Robbie Johns, who owns a fuel arrestor, I helped him start the low book sprint car series, and sadly that never worked out for various reasons. But the Lubbock Sprint Car was still an awesome idea. I wish we could still do it. But, like, it's basically a non-wing sprint car, but it's the cheapest sprint car you can get into, the cheapest set of sprint car, who's your tires you can get. You know, you just run a little bitty motor and and just a one-page set of simple rules. You ain't got to have 30 pages worth of rules for a racing series. Because yeah. a, lot of, a lot of times... When you have 30 pages worth of rules, it just kind of kills a class. And I like I like stuff simple like that. You can take a sprint car and just go out and have fun. And, and I love watching sprint cars race, especially the 410s. That's kind of like my track rules. I try to keep them short, simple, and sweet. Down, you know, I, I try to keep it as less complicated as possible because... I'm a firm believer. More rules you have, the, the more more ways you got people to try to cut corners and find a gray area. And uh, yes, if you 
if you wrote down every rule that you could and can't do, you'd have to have a lawyer write the rule book and a lawyer to interpret it for you. Because you'd have a rule book as thick as an encyclopedia. And in my opinion, that's just nonsense. That's right. I've been told here lately I'm a big jerk, you know, and that's saying it nicely. But but I'm the person I am, and I won't ever change. I, when I believe in something, I believe in it, and ain't nobody gonna change my mind. Well, that's cool. That's cool. Um, you know, I, I I really like coming to Hattiesburg. I've only been there two, three times. I enjoy it. Super nice track, and I I really like Mr. Donald. He's he's a super good guy. You know, I don't see how anybody could have any problems with him or Hattiesburg and uh, but I like what you're saying when you say you make your rules as simple as possible because you know people will take a racing series and overcomplicate it and they'll put 30 uh, let's just say 30 different rules for an engine and it's like look you give one or two or three options that's it make it simple make it easy you ain't gotta. You ain't gotta do this. You ain't gotta do. This. It's not rocket science. Make it as easy as possible, and affordable as possible. Because look, people nowadays are dropping off from racing because they can't afford it. It's too expensive, and and of course our crazy president ain't really doing much to help us. And you know, um, like Robbie was telling me, you know, when he he's been in racing since the 70s. His dad drove sprint cars. And then he started racing in the 80s, and he's raced everything from asphalt super late models to a low-book sprint car. And then he raced uh, street stock for a while. And he he tells me, he says, look, we need to go back to the way we was in the 80s when a street stock was a real street stock. You went in there, and you had a max two or $3,000 in your car, 4000 6000 if that in your car and you went and raced and it was fun affordable nowadays you got the crate racing sprint i mean uh street stocks getting out of hand you got forty thousand dollars plus street stocks and that is stupid yeah um but the racers have done it to themselves the rules really hadn't changed no more than they already been racers just keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it from car builders yep. to engine builders to parts builders. And, yep. Uh, until racetracks At- say we've had enough, you're going to build a car the way we want it to be built. We're not going to accept what you build and bring it to track and tell us that we we got to accept what they build. Yep. Isn't that crazy? Yep. And then, and then uh, like I've heard of this too, I've heard of tracks that would agree to a rule change in a class, and then they change the rule. And when they change the rule, they say, "Well, the drivers wanted this, so they change that rule." Well, they do it on purpose to limit those cars to that track only, because now they're illegal at all four of the tracks, or whatever the case may be that they was legal at. Now they're illegal and they're forced to race that one track only because they're stuck with that set of rules. Mm-hmm. Why can't we just leave it alone, quit messing with stuff like that? You know, I know drivers want more, want this, want that, but I don't know. I just think that's crazy. Like, so many classes get 
and tracks get destroyed and hurt by doing dumb stuff like that. That's just my opinion. Yes, sir. I mean, I, I get accused of my rules locking cars down at my track, but that's far from the truth. Um, I tell everybody to race at my track, you know, I don't want to allow them to do something that will stop them from racing somewhere else. Um, but we've had the same rule package at our track. I, when I got the track and inherited the rules that was already in the place, I made a few minor changes to open it up. Like I was the guy that legalized the nine-inch floater rear ends. You know, uh, before before I got the track, you couldn't run a floater rear end. Now every track can run a floater rear end. And I just I opened it up to make it more more feasible for the racer. But our rules has basically been the same, minus a few few minor changes to better the class for the past twenty twenty five years. And I, I'm I'm pretty pretty proud of that. See, I like that. That is cool because okay, so y'all run what classes all do you run? Well, we run crate racing, uh, open wheel modifieds, um, street stock, pure street, and now we added stingers two years ago. That's great. I, I tell you what, I love watching all those classes over there, especially, um, and I got to come over there and watch the stingers, and I got to say, the stinger is what I'm going to start with, and I think everybody should get a stinger car and go race at Haysburg Speedway. It's the cheapest class, man. Like, it's, you go to a junkyard, go to a buddy's backyard, find your old beat-up four-cylinder car, and make sure it's all stock. Kick the windows out, put a roll cage in it, make sure it's stock, paint it whatever color you want to paint it, make it look nice, and go out there and race. And, you know, you can buy a standard car, 500 bucks, sometimes less, you know. Depends on what you're looking for or what you want. Yeah, but e- even in your lowest divisions like that, people want to try their best to get around rules, you know. And, uh, I'm trying my hardest to keep this class kind of intact. In so, you know, I just want to keep it affordable for for anybody that wants to try to drive. It can come right out of the grandstands and get them a car and feel like they'd be a part of racing. Well, that's cool. That's cool. Um, So, y'all race during regular season. You race every Friday night. Then when football season comes in, you race on Saturdays. Yes, sir. It's football here in Hattiesburg kills us on Friday nights. That's a bummer. The car, and, we, we'll still get race cars, but our grandstands, you, you know, we we got to have fans in the stands to, to make the racing efficient. I agree. And, and the, really, the, do the only the foot, cars alone. That's right. You can't do it with just the cars alone. And I love, I love my high school football. Like, that's the only football I really watch. But... I'm going. If it's a race, I'm probably going to choose racing over football. It's just that much more fun to me. It's fast-paced. Listen to engines roar, slinging mud, slinging dirt. I don't care if it's asphalt. 
you know, whatever. I just enjoy the racing, and, you know, we need the fans because the racers alone are not going to help keep the track open. We need the fans in the stands because, you know, we don't want these tracks losing money on nights and nobody shows up. And, you know, to me, so you can always tell between your super fans and your ones who watch it for most of the season and they swap over to football. Your super fans are somebody like me and you that just do not stop watching racing whatsoever. Nothing like racing 110% all the time is what we what we gear towards, what we live by. And then the others, of course, you know, just have, you know, go through the right part of the race season and swap to football. Yeah, because there's not enough diehard, true diehard race fans anymore like they used to be. Used to. That's all you had to depend on was hard race fans because there was a, you know, enough to take care of the sport. But we've lost a lot of those diehard race fans. Yeah, we sure have. Is, um, I hate I didn't really get into dirt track racing until 2015. I, I don't like I, I knew what dirt track racing was because I'd seen it on TV, like the Speed Channel and. Stuff like that, but I've always been a NASCAR fan since I was a wee little lad. I can remember in 1990 when it was uh, Jeff Bodine and Brett Bodine and NASCAR. Brett Bodine had the Quaker State car. I was a Bodine fan. I was real little. I can remember watching NASCAR, but I never really knew about dirt track racing. I wish that I knew about it at an early age, because now they got these classes for your kids. Like, uh, uh, Let's see, like um, your junior slingshots like they have over at Northwest Florida Speedway or the uh, mini wedges, you know, I didn't, or go-karts. I didn't know none of that stuff. If I ever knew that when I was a kid, I'd have been like, yeah, that's what I want for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Talking about the Bodines, uh <clears throat> NASCARs, when I worked up there in North Carolina in the NASCAR shops, I worked side by side with Jeff Bodine's son building race cars. That was that was pretty cool. And, oh, man, I bet that was cool. I heard all kind of stories, you know, like when, when his daddy was dating uh, Tanya Tucker and this and that. I mean, we had some interesting conversations. and uh, You know, I, I've worked on Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s cars. I've worked on Michael Walsh's cars. A lot of DEI oh. cars I worked on. And uh, that's where a lot of your local racers in this area don't even realize my background in racing, uh, what I've done in the past. <clears throat> well, let me ask you this. My, so Ricky Rudd and Michael Walsh are my two all-time favorite race car drivers, any genre of racing. And, and Michael Waltrip, man, I ain't going to lie. If I ever meet him, I would nerd out. Like, I'd be like, oh, my goodness, it's, Mike, it's Mikey. So what was it like yeah. meeting? Did you get to meet Michael Waltrip? No, I worked on his cars. I never met him personally. But uh, I okay. worked on his cars in the shop. Uh, but one of the coolest guys I ever met up there was uh, Morgan, Morgan Shepard. That was a cool Oh, that's guy. cool. Man, Robbie Gordon. Gordon. Robbie Gordon. I love Robbie Gordon and Morgan Shepard. Because, see, Morgan Shepard, he was racing up until 
was it last year or the year before, he was still racing a Bush Series car. I've been following him a long time, and and I don't know a lot of his stats because I'm not a super fan, but I've always been a fan of his. And I thought it was cool to find out, like, Morgan Shepard's, like, 78 years old and still running the Bush Series, or excuse me, Xfinity Series. And I think he retired, but still, I thought that was just cool to see him race, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I got drawn to Robbie Gordon because I was walking through the through the NASCAR garage. You know, they, I was at practice one night when I was getting ready for the Coca-Cola 600 race, and we had, you know, passes. We could go to the practices and open garages, and I was walking through the garages, and Robbie Gordon, he talked to me like we were best of friends, you know, and just tried, you know. Some of them just annoyed you, you know, like you, they, they was better than you. And uh, but Robbie Gordon, he didn't, you know. He just talked to me like like I was like a, like I was his buddy, you know. And, uh, wow, that's cool. So that was but, that was back when he was driving a thirty-one singular wireless car, wasn't it? Yes, sir. And he had. I can one remember the, them days. He had one that well. Back when I met him, he was running his own car. They have his own shop, oh, that's cool. and he had he had one of the state of the art shops up there in North Carolina at the time. He, I he bet was a he lot did. smarter. He was a smarter racer than than TV laid him out to be. Shoot, because you know I've been watching him race for a long, long time. I remember. I think it was Watkins Glen when he won the road course race in a 31 car. I was so happy. I was like, yeah, it's my dude, Robbie Gordon, you know. And now, of course, he's he's been racing Baja Desert trucks and all kinds of stuff for years. And IndyCar, I remember when he came from IndyCar, but now he runs and owns the series of stadium super trucks. And I follow them on Facebook where they race the four-wheel drive trucks on the asphalt around the courses they make, and that's fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I'm always admired him because he didn't let NASCAR control him, and uh, he was his own person. And that's when he stepped aside and went back to Baja racing, which is where he came from in the first place. Baja racing and uh, in IndyCar <clears throat> racing. Yeah, because he won some IndyCar races too, didn't he? Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, that's cool. That that's. So, out of all the racers you've ever met, would he be your favorite or your top of the list racer you've met? The one that that kind of stuck to me, you know, that treated me like a person when I was up there. Yep. Well, that's and, cool. Uh, that's awesome. And also, I got to running around with a guy that that was running a dirt modified up there, and I, more I got to hanging out with him. Found out it was a Ray Abraham built car, called him Freedom, oh. Freedom, Freedom Chassis, and it was Ray Abraham and his brother that was building the cars. And uh, oh. I started going to the races with them and this and that. And <clears throat> then I was just before going to start driving their other house car, you know, it was an open wheel dirt car, and uh, uh. that's when Hurricane Katrina hit. And, I left and come back home and just never did go back. Wow, that's a cool story. Yeah. 
Well, uh, I, I like a, uh, I like a lot of your uh, stories, so that's pretty cool. So that's true. Um, we're getting close to the end. I got one more person I'm going to bring on that called in at the last second. But I thank you for calling, Mr. Donald, and hopefully right. I told I want Ron to today. One more thing sure, go ahead. get out here. If anybody ahead, ever I got goes and drives the Richard Petty driving experience, you know, yes. you know them cars, <clears throat> I, I probably built the car that they're driving because I built just about all the driving school cars for Richard Petty, Petty Enterprise. Oh, well, that's pretty cool. I did not know that because I've actually had friends do it. I want to say my friend, my buddy Michael Huseman, who's the announcer at Jackson, I believe he did. Mm-hmm. It was either the Richard Petty driving or the Rusty Wallace uh, one, but either well, way, they, that's still pretty cool. Yeah. Well, at the time, Richard Petty still owned it, but I think he sold it out, and they just used the Petty name now. But uh, when I built the cars, it was for Petty Enterprise. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. You can put... You can put that on your... So do you have any pictures of you back then building one? I used to have a lot of pictures, and when Katrina hit, all my pictures got messed up. Oh, I lost, that's well, I lost all my pictures. I lost all my trophies. I got a few plaques left for my points championships and stuff. But other than that, everything I had got destroyed <laughs> in Katrina. Wow, that sucks. Um, hopefully not this weekend, but the next weekend, mm-hmm. I'm going to see about coming up there because I like what you said uh, before I get you off. I like what you said today was uh, doing a uh, before, like get to the racetrack early and then set up on your new uh, oh shoot uh, pad you built right there on your tower. Uh, yeah. set up there and just interview drivers early for the Southern Dirt Track Board, get them coming in early and and then get videos of them coming in, get people hyped up to come to the racetrack. I like your idea. That's cool. A pre-race show. Yeah, a pre-race show. And uh, I talked with Artie earlier, and y'all be sure and keep Artie in your prayers because he's, he's had the COVID virus and it's knocked him out pretty bad. He was back at work today, he said, but he said his chest felt like he was being stepped on by a herd of elephants. And I can't imagine what that feels like, but he said in 42 years of living, he's never had something knock him out like that. So y'all be sure and uh, pray for Artie and pray for his, his work situation that that improves. And, uh, and hopefully... If Artie feels better, he can come up there and do the pre-race stuff with us because we'll do it from the Southern Dirt Track Report page, and we'll get everybody coming in, and we'll make sure and uh, tell everybody to come in to Hattiesburg Speedway. Yes, sir. Talking about that chest pain, getting run over by a car was a piece of cake compared to my open-heart surgery. That's the most pain I've ever been in my life when I woke up from that oh. surgery. <laughs> I that imagine was that terrible. was rough because because I had hernia surgery recently, and that was a nightmare, but I don't think hernia surgery is compared to what you went to. And I, I really thought that was that was going to be it for me, because that was, that was terrible. 
Wow. Well, uh, yeah, but I'm, that, I'm, and that nurse, that nurse looked at me and says, "Oh, hush, you men don't do nothing but complain. You can't take pain." I said, "I don't know, but it was it was painful, man. It was painful." <laughs> wow, you know that, that me reminds me of. <laughs> uh, you know that reminds me. I'm a huge Jeff Foxworthy fan. Cause and he does the, you know, you might be a redneck jokes. And he was talking about it on that CD I got of his. He was talking about it. And he's like, you know how, you know, um, you know, how you think kids get a hold of some drugs? Is the seniors get a hold of some good stuff? He said, Lord, my mother-in-law. He said, one day I told her. He said, I told her that I was uh, not feeling good. I, I had a cold. And he said, a few minutes later, she'd come back from the back with two tiny little green pills and said, say hello to my little friend. He said, I took that, and I woke up two days later out in the yard talking to Elvis. And he said, he said she was out there, and she said, get up, you baby. I take four of these and go to the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that, I about died. I mean, but that goes to show you that, you know, people think, people think some people think, oh, that ain't nothing. You, you ain't going through no pain, no. <laughs> But but to come to find out the pain medicine they was giving me for my pain, I, it didn't it, it didn't affect me. It was the next morning before they changed my pain medicine, and as soon as they changed it, instantly my pain went away. So that whole night wow. I suffered. Oh, until the next morning. Yeah, I, yep. I, I can't it even imagine. Terrible. Well, actually, they was giving me morphine and and. They've tried morphine on me several times, and morphine don't affect me on pain. It, wow! It, it does nothing for me. And I was I was always Man. under pressure. Morphine was the most painful medicine you could take, but it don't affect my pain. My goodness, that's that's wild. Well, thank the Lord you're better now, and thank you God for blessing you, being making it through that, and. And I appreciate you calling in. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate you having me. Thank you, Miss Donald. All right, All right, thank you. So, All right, so that was Donald Parker. So let me give a cheers. So, okay. So it looks like we're a little over. It's okay. It don't matter. It's my podcast. I can do what I want. So we've got one more person that called in late. i got a friend of mine that called in. And I just want to show him appreciation for listening to the show. So I'm going to get him on to just talk for about two, three minutes. We're not going to try to go over three minutes, but I'm going to give our friend Tony Viggins a shout-out. Thank you for calling in, my, my my friend. He's from Georgia, and we're going to have a uh, – I told him I'd get him on real quick and want to say something real quick. So what's going on, Tony? How you doing? What's up, buddy? Man, so thank, thanks for calling in and listening to the show. It means a lot when my friends and family listen to the show. I got, not only give Tony a shout-out, but I get, I get to give my mom and dad a shout-out because they listen to the show all the time, which is great. Thanks, Mom and Dad. I don't know how often Mari listens to the show. I hadn't heard yet, but I, but Blake has listened to the show, my brother Blake. So shout-out to my brother Blake. He's super awesome. I like uh, – that's my dude, man. And because uh, and Blake told me one day, he said, oh, I – I heard your show. Uh, I got to listen to the replay of your show. 
and he quoted some stuff that was on the show, so that let me know he was listening. And I was like, that's cool. So, while well, I got Tony on here for a second, so what kind of racing do you like? I like I like uh, NASCAR and dirt track. Um, my buddy, my buddy of mine, him and his son, they were dirt track here in Georgia. Um, one day, one day here to Georgia, and you got a free place to stay. Um, you got a free place to stay, and we go to the dirt track up here. Oh, dude, that's awesome. So what, what dirt track do you have down below where you live? Uh, it's called Winder County, Winder Barrow Speedway. Oh, that's a cool name. I, I've got to look them up on Facebook. Uh, Winder Barrow, B-A-R-R-O-W, Speedway. All right, so I'm actually, I'm on my computer, I'm looking them up because I follow a lot of different racetracks on Facebook, but that is one I don't believe I follow, so let me look. Let's see, Winderboro Speedway, there we go, I think I found them. Let's see, they have a group, and let's see, here's a page. Uh, okay, yeah, Winderboro Speedway in Winder, Georgia, Wow. Well, this looks like a nice track, and I see they've been posting recently as of August, so they're still racing. Oh, yeah. They still, they still race and everything. Uh, so, well, that's great. So how far is this from you, this racetrack? Uh, about 25 minutes. Oh, shoot, that ain't far at all. Uh uh-uh. uh. So, so if anybody like, goes on Facebook, go you ahead. Have to come up. Like I said, you come up here, you got a free place to stay. Dude, okay, I'm gonna take you up on that one day. One of these days, I'm gonna take you up. That that sounds cool. Um, so everybody go on Facebook and type in Winder, W I N D E R dash Barrow Speedway. B-A-R-R-O-W. And you'll see a picture. There are cover photos. There are track photographer taking pictures. And this looks like a mighty fine. Do you, do you happen to know how big this racetrack is? Uh, I don't. Okay. Uh, I'll just look it up online. I'm sure they got a website. They don't have a website on their Facebook, but they do have a phone number. That's pretty cool. So y'all check out Winder Barrow Speedway. It looks like they race street stocks and several different classes. So before I before I end the show here, I want to talk about now that I got Tony on here. So Tony runs a page on Facebook called Music Crush Monday and explain to people what Music Crush Monday is. The Music Crush Monday is about um it's about Important unsigned local artists, and they take over the page. They take over the Facebook page for about thirty to forty minutes, and they do originals and they do covers. 
Wow, that is awesome. So y'all be sure and go look up Music Crush Monday on Facebook. They have a TikTok. They have um, they have a YouTube. Go go subscribe to them on YouTube. But every Monday, Tony has whether it's a country music artist or a Christian artist that they play acoustic, have acoustic guitar. They can come on and play music and promote their music, their Facebook. So y'all be sure and give Music Crush Monday a like on Facebook because he's played some really good artists, everybody from, um, let's see, um, Jacob Kitchens to name some of these country artists you play. So had Jacob Kitchens, um, had Trey Lewis, um, had Brandon Davis, Dalton Dover, um, Creed Fitch, um, Michael Keaton's Ooh. had uh, <clears throat> had had the highway highway sisters, um just just a whole bunch of different artists and I had a and I got that took over last Monday or this Monday he was from Alabama. And he was 17 years old, too. Yep. How cool is that? A 17-year-old that plays country music. And he was, you could tell he was nervous, but, hey, he did a pretty good job for his first time ever playing on Facebook Live. Because he, he said he'd been doing music for, like, six months or so. Yep. Well, that's cool. And yep. when you mentioned Creed Fisher... Anybody who knows outlaw country music, because I love my country music, and Creed Fisher is as big as they come in the outlaw scene of country music. He can, if you like real country and outlaw music, that that's your dude right here, Creed Fisher. He tells it like it is, and that's pretty cool. You had him on your show. I, I love, love you. I love your show, man. It's amazing. Well, th- well, thank you for calling in. Uh, and I'm fixing to end the show, but uh, I got to give a shout out to Tony, and I got to give a shout out to Donald Parker, and give a shout out to, of course, Johnny Robinson for calling in. Is there anybody you want to thank uh, before you get off, Tony? Uh, yeah, I'd like to thank you for having an amazing podcast. Well, thank you. <laughs> That's cool. And like. Thank the good Lord up above for another great day. That's right, because without God, we got nothing, right? That's that's right. Man, I'm so glad you called in, because, man, we all need to hear that. I, I'm so thankful to you that you said that, because without God, we got nothing, so I appreciate that. Problem. All right, so that was... Uh, we're going to get you off. Thank you, Tony. And so... All right, so that was Tony Viggins, Music Crush Monday. Go like him on Facebook. Go like him. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube. If you like real country music and Christian music, this, uh, go to his page, like it. Uh, he's also got, I think, merch for sale, got hats and stuff. Hit him up in the inbox. He can get you hooked up if you want a Music Crush Monday hat or a T-shirt. And I'm glad he called in. That was cool. That's that's my buddy from Georgia, so I appreciate you. And so we're going to end the show. But uh, before we end the show, I'm so glad that Tony brought that up about God. Because, look, 
God is the reason I have this podcast. He's the reason I have my ministry, Coon Hunters Outdoors Ministries. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook, Coon Hunters Outdoors Ministries. You can subscribe to my YouTube at Coon Hunters Outdoors Ministries. And you can also watch my live show I do on there, Shooting Straight, where we talk about God, hunting and fishing. So without God, I got nothing. And I thank God for all y'all that call in, everybody that listens. Y'all share this show. Share it and let me know you listen. I have no idea if anybody listens to this show unless they tell me. And i got to give a shout-out to Jason McMillan, the 110 Nation Sports. Be sure and go like the 110 Nation Sports. Uh, subscribe to our, our new YouTube at the 110 Nation Sports. That's Jason's YouTube. And then also Race Chat Live with Chris Creighton. Shout-out Chris Creighton and everybody at Race Chat Live. So y'all go follow Race Chat Live and listen to their podcast on Tuesday nights, Talk NASCAR Racing. And uh, I got to thank... Uh, guys, from my mom, dad, my my family, my cousins, of course, Robbie and Miss Tina. Without them, we wouldn't have the fuel arrester. You know, Robbie's done a lot in racing, man. That's my friend, man. Robbie has done a lot, and I want him to get the credit he deserves. He don't get the credit he deserves. And I, I maybe one day, if we, if it's the Lord's will, we're selling fuel arresters full time, and it's a business full time. Maybe then he can get the credit he deserves for inventing something safety-wise and racing because he's worked many, many years developing this, and we finally got it on the market, and it's a great safety product. I wish people took safety more serious, uh, put safety above above speed, safety above the biggest engines, the biggest this, biggest that racing, you know, and support a small-run business. American-run business. Give us give us support. Look us up online, Race Safer Fuel Arrester, LLC.com. It's a website I built. I got several hours in building it. I got to give a shout-out to Miss Tina for helping me build it because I didn't do it all myself. I did a lot of it, but I didn't do it all. So thank you, Miss Tina. And, yeah, just, just give us a support, man. We would really love you alls support. It would mean a lot because you have no idea what it would mean if you all bought a fuel arrester from us. It would make my day. I've already sold two. And let me sell a third one. I'll be tickled to death, and maybe I can sell more and more until I get it to where it's a full-time job for me. You never know. But um, so before I go, I'm going to go to our website here, and I'm going to read these Bible verses to you. And it's directly on our website because we're all about Jesus, and this show is presented by Race Safe for Fuel Arrester. So I see Tony and Mr. Donald still listening. Thank you all. So I'm going to read these Bible verses. Oh, let me go. I don't know why I pulled up Race Pass. Race Safer Fuel Arrester, not my Race Pass. Ha <laughs> ha. Race. Okay. Race Safer Fuel Arrester. There it is. Google search. That's the first thing that pulls up. And then our Facebook is second. So go give us a like on Facebook. Race Safer Fuel Arrester, LLC.com. Of course. Thank you, Ron Southern, for the logo. It says, top of the logo, we got you covered. Of course, made in the USA because I'm a patriotic. Uh, in the Bible verse, Psalms 4.8, In peace I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. Man, God is our safety net. So I, when I read that verse, that tells me that uh, in peace I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. So God's my safety net. He makes me dwell in safety. 
and I think that's an awesome verse right there for safety and racing. And I want everybody to know, uh, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, I want you all to know that Jesus is awesome. He's there for you. He can listen uh, if you need uh if you need anybody to talk to, reach out, reach out and pray, because God's there for you. I mean, it's a safety net, like that says. And then the next verse is, all right, and I'm going to go to the end of the website, and this is one Tina picked out for Fuel Arrester. It's Isaiah 43.2, uh, I think it's the NIV version. Uh, it says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they will not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. Dude, that's awesome. Because the fuel arrestor is about saving people from getting burned in your race car. Fuel fires are scary. But that you know what that verse tells me? That tells me that God's our safety net. And me, myself, I'm a proud Christian. I put, I put God first. So that verse tells me that God's got me. I won't, when I go through tough times, hard times, go through the fire, I won't be scorched because God's there. I, I can go to him, nor will the flame burn me. Boom, look at there. Just like the fuel arrestor. Fuel arrestor help prevent you from getting, getting burned in your race car. The Lord can prevent you from going through a crisis in life. All you got to do is look, look and give it to God. Quit stressing. Quit, quit trying to fix everything yourself because you're not going to fix it yourself. That's just dumb. Quit trying to do it all yourself. Give it to God. He'll fix it. And so I got one more verse. And also uh, there was one other thing I forgot to mention. And my friend Chase Montgomery sent me this. I smoothly forgot about this. I'm sorry. The Jason Maurer Memorial, 5,000 Wind Street Stocks. Saturday, September 23rd, open practice. Friday, September 22nd, $2,500 to win Crate Racing USA Modified, $500 to win Pure Stocks and Bombers, $1,500 to win 602 Late Models, $1,500 to win Factory Stocks. And for whatever reason, the flyers kind of cut off on that. I think that's the Tennessee racetrack. Um, get up with... Chase Montgomery, he can tell you more about that race. I don't know why that picture got cut off, but anyways. All right, so the final verse, I want to read this before I get off, and then I'll play my song there. And it's Acts uh, 20. Oh, got it right here on my phone. Acts 20, 24. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me, my only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Man, what an awesome verse. Anybody that knows me personally knows I'm all about telling people about Jesus. I may not be no Bible scholar, and I need to certainly need to read my Bible some more, uh, but I just love telling people about Jesus, passing out Winston tracks, especially at the racetrack. Because you never know who you're going to run into that, that needs to hear about Jesus. And even if you do meet somebody that's already that already knows God as their Savior, it's cool to bring to bring up conversations with people about the Bible and stuff because 
I've met a lot of people through racing who are Christians who are saved, and it was just the, I've had the coolest conversations with different people about faith and stuff. So that's pretty cool. And I loved uh, talking Jesus, especially racing. So if y'all see me at Track County Speedway this weekend, uh, you want to talk to Jesus? Come talk with me. Come come talk racing. But we're gonna end the show here. I'm actually uh, a little over, but it's okay. It is what it is. Uh, thank you, God, for a awesome show. Thank you for Donald Parker. Thank you for Tony. And let's play this song to get it out of here because I don't want to have a super, super long show. Because here we go. Let's play this song here. Levi Man, Letters in Red.
Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.